WTPS Petersburg. This is SportsCenter. Hello there. I'm Mark Robbins. The news out of Philadelphia this morning concerning Joel Embiid's knee is positive. According to ESPN NBA insiders Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne, the MRI done on the injured knee shows no structural damage, just a bone bruise. Embiid hyperextended the knee Friday night in Philadelphia's win over Washington. With the bone bruise, there's still a time, there still isn't a timetable for his return. Now on the college court, the conference tournaments continue today. Creighton's going to play for the Big East title against Georgetown. The Blue Jays have been dealing with COVID, of course, all year. And with the controversial analogy made by head coach Greg McDermott a week or so ago. McDermott back from suspension. Jays on the verge of a title. But coach says this issue is still fresh. We're not past it. You know, as I, you know, as I told the team, you know, I appreciate their forgiveness. I don't ever want them to forget because I'll never forget. You know, I, I uh, uh, had a, a terrible choice of an analogy that I was trying to use to, to keep us together. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're not past it. This is going to be a process, and I understand that. That's Creighton head coach Greg McDermott on Freddie and Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio. So championship Saturday has conference tournament titles on the line. Among them, Texas and Oklahoma State meeting in the Big 12 final. That begins our coverage 5.30 p.m. Eastern here on ESPN Radio. And that'll be followed by the ACC conference final game. Georgia Tech against Florida State. Both games also on ESPN Television. Darian Mel coming up next. Coming up Monday, Selection Sunday, and no Duke in the NCAA tournament. But what other Blue Bloods are in? And we'll tell you the best bet to knock off Gonzaga. Monday morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Races powered by the Racing Biz, your independent voice for racing and breeding in the Mid-Atlantic. On the web at theracingbiz.com. On the radio on ESPN Richmond, it's off to the races. Here's Nick Hahn. What do you say now? Off to the races on this beautiful Sunday morning here in Virginia. That was Chris Stapleton. The bed music for American Pharaohs 2015 um, uh, Rebel Stakes. And the uh, Rebel Stakes was really the launching point of his career. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us on Off to the Races. The Black Crows taking us and playing a little music from Arkansas as we journey around the states for uh, the Kentucky Derby prep season. And... Uh, the Rebel Stakes today, a lot of, the only race on the Kentucky Derby card feature race, but this was the stakes race that looking at Lucky One, Curlin won, Will Take Charge, Opportunity won this race, and of course, Smarty Jones, this kind of launched his career for trainer uh, John Service, and Victory Gallop came out of Colonial Downs and won the Rebel Stakes on his way to winning the Belmont Stakes in the 1998 Triple Crown. On today's show, we have Larry Johnson, Virginia owner and breeder who has uh, horses running this spring and actually has a journey to Dubai. He's in our feature with Frank. And we also have a little bit from Trevor McCarthy. He had a big weekend. We'll get his comments about his big win Daryl Wood will join us as well. And, of course, Derby Bill Watson will handicap that Rebel Stakes. But let's go back to last week. Uh, we'll start off at Santa Anita in the San Felipe Stakes, where Life is Good, trained by Bob Baffert, was a big favorite in the race over Medina Spirit, 
Roman Centurion, the great one, a couple other horses trying to get into, get some points and get into the uh, Triple Crown field. And Frank Marimani has the call of the Rebel Stakes. A quarter of a mile to go, and Life is Good has a three and a half length lead. No one's coming close. Dream Shake on the inside, then Medina Spirit and the Great One, top of the stretch. Life is Good, four length lead. Now it's five, and it's all Life is Good. He's passing this test with flying colors. Life is Good, unbeaten and untested as he romps in the San Felipe. Wins by about eight. Yeah, big win there for Life is Good. Earns 50 points toward the Kentucky Derby standings. And uh, just a giant performance there. Clear favorite, winning impressively in the San Felipe. Also last week at uh, Santa Anita Park last Saturday, there was an upset winner in the in the big cap for $100,000 of purse money on the line. And Idol actually wins that race. For trainer Richard Baltus and uh, the Joel Rosario delivering the win there, a bit of an upset. Uh, Maxfield, who was previously undefeated, ended up finishing third in that race. Headed to Tampa Bay next, as there were really there were three Kentucky Derby prep races last Saturday, and the Tampa Bay Derby was one of them. The uh, favorite in the field. This was probably the most balanced of all the Triple Crown uh, prep races last week. A deep field. Candyman Rocket was the favorite just going off at just under 2-1 to one. and um, big field there uh, assembled for the Tampa Bay Derby and Richard Gruder has the call of the Tampa Bay Derby. Helium now straights to the lead along the rail. That's Candyman Rocket racing along second. Well, on the outside, Hidden Stash is absolutely in full stride. Down to the wire, it's Hidden Stash and Rafael Bayerano along the rail. Digging back, gamely is Helium. Looks like we're down to two. Helium repels the challenge. It's Helium in a huge effort. Turns away the challenge of Hidden Stash. Yeah, big upset there in the Tampa Bay uh, Derby there with uh, Jose Ferrer. Actually, he is... uh I think he's 60 years old and uh, wins the uh, Tampa Bay Derby with helium and a uh, big price there. $32.80 for the win above Hidden Stash. The Exacta there paying $70.70. The Trifecta, 50 cents. Eight, 10, 8, 7 with Moonlight Strike finishing third and the favorite Candyman Rocket out of the money paying just a tick over $700. So hope you had that one. Congratulations to Mark Cassie with the uh, training job there preparing helium for the Tampa Bay Derby. We uh, want to touch on the Gotham Stakes as well. This was the three-year-old prep race being run at Aqueduct Racetrack in New York, and the favorite in the field was highly motivated. Uh, Wayburn was ridden by Trevor McCarthy in this race. Uh, Also in the field was Freedom Fighter, a horse that Bob Baffert shipped from the West Coast. Manuel Franco getting the mount on that horse. Let's listen to John Embriel as he calls the Gotham Stakes. It is Crowded Trade, and on the inside it is Wayburn. Crowded Trade, Wayburn continues to battle on as they come for the finish in the Gotham. Wayburn and Crowded Trade. Oh, it's a bang-bang finish. Was it Wayburn on the inside or Crowded Trade on the outside? A terrific duel in the Gotham. It was Wayburn with Trevor McCarthy aboard paying $95.50 on a $2 ticket for the win just over 48 or is it 46 let me do my math here 46 to 1 in that winning effort there and uh all of a sudden wayburn is in the triple crown conversation that he would have to be nominated to the triple crown they have through march 29th to nominate him for a price of six thousand dollars uh before the race it was like six hundred dollars for him to be nominated to the triple crown but uh wayburn the race of the weekend and uh, it was headed at the eighth pole and uh, comes back and, and really game effort on the inside. So uh, I had a chance to speak with Trevor a few moments ago about Wayburn in the Gotham and here's what he had to say. 
Trevor, congratulations on your winning ride. That seems to have caught the eye of so many prolific uh, patriarchal jockeys such as Richard Miglior and Gary Stevens uh, with Wayburn in the Gotham last week. Uh, it seemed like you got headed inside the eighth pole, but uh, Wayburn was such a game horse. You know, take us take us through the ride. Yeah, it was uh, it was an exciting race for sure. Um, you know, we got a great break. He's a really big horse, so for him to get out of the gate and get himself in a great position uh, was super. Um, going down the backside, he just got in a really good groove, uh, very laid back, comfortable, relaxed, and um, you know the pace was slow early, so I let him run a little bit into uh, into the far turn and uh, coming into the stretch there. He um, he seemed to just lay in a little bit. He didn't want to switch his lead, and uh, he switched his lead late. And, um, you know, he really gave me 100%, and he really showed a game effort, uh, especially coming off a few-month layoff. So uh, I was really thrilled with him and privileged for the opportunity to ride for Jimmy and uh, their whole barn for such a, doing such a great job with Wayburn. And um, it's just a race that I've always wanted to win, so it was, it was a special, special win for sure. Picking up on something you said early, I rewatched the race this morning, and and I noticed that too. I mean, he just seemed to be such a big horse, a big dark horse coming out of the gate, you know, just raiding off the speed in the, in the Gotham. You know, uh, what's it like to to race this horse? And and moving forward, perhaps uh, it looks like the Wood might be next. Uh, Got to be excited about that. You know, t- talk about maybe, you know, your future with this horse. You know, I, I, that's up to um, Mr. Jerkins and the owners on what they want to do moving forward. Um, they have considered the uh, Wood Memorial, and uh, later on down the road, I think they're going to shoot for uh, the Queen's Plate this summer, uh, him being Ontario bred. Uh, so those are his uh, future plans. Um, I think, you know, like I said you know, most likely I leave it up to them, and um, you know, hopefully I get the privilege to uh, ride him uh, further on in his uh, career. Yeah, we'd be looking forward to to that as well. It, even though we earned 50 points toward the Kentucky Derby standings, uh, I saw a little bit of a reference that they might take the path of more of like tonalist or or like you mentioned the Queen's Plate. Uh, moving forward here. So um, while you've ridden in the Preakness, we'd be excited about you riding in the Belmont. And of course, you know, every, every jockey wants to ride in the Derby at some point in their career. Uh, wanted to maybe go back a little bit towards last summer. Uh, you and your wife, Katie Davis, have been big supporters of Colonial Downs uh, here recently, especially with the reopening of Colonial Downs. Came down to enjoy the summer. We talked last year about how optimistic and, and how you were looking forward to spending your summer in Virginia. And the meet just obviously didn't turn out not only because of COVID issues, but because of other issues dealing with weather and power outages. It was just a tough year in 2020 for, for Colonial. But maybe just speak a little bit about, you know, the the disappointment in that meet and perhaps, you know, it's still early, but maybe plans for this summer. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, a big bummer last year, you know, a few of us jocks got sick with the COVID. And like you said, um, you know, with um, weather delays and weather cancellations, it was kind of a big mess. Um, But for me, I was really excited to be there, happy to be there. And I was off to a really, uh, probably my hottest streak ever. Um, so to see Colonial shut down and um, for the rest of the meet uh, was really disappointing to me. Um, you know, especially with me getting sick. Uh, and luckily, I was able to bounce back from that. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to Colonial down this summer again. It's a great meet. I think they're adding a few more racing days. And, um, you know, it's always just, it's always a really nice place to be in the summertime. Today, you certainly have a full card. One of the reasons uh, we're recording this a little bit early is uh, 
you have a mountain just about every race slated today at, at Aqueduct today, and that includes the correction stakes where you have uh, Jump for Joy as your mount. This is a horse you finished behind twice previously on other mounts, but this time you get to to ride a horse that uh, that has beaten you. You've got to be looking forward five to one in the morning line here with uh, Amuse uh, being the favorite eight to five. You know, maybe a little bit of a preview on the correction stakes coming up today. Yeah, it's definitely a horse that I like. And, um, you know, he's got a decent shot in the race. It's a pretty competitive race. Um, but, you know, he's you know, he's a cool horse to ride. So, you know, I can kind of do whatever I want with him and kind of see how the race pans out and just go from there. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe ride them as you find them. Uh, you know, one bit of news, and, and it's good to hear. In Virginia, we don't have any coupling issues, so uh, so if you and Katie come down and ride this summer, you won't be riding as coupled entries. Um, but there's there's no coupling rule for couples here in Virginia, but there is one in New York, and it's it's a matter that has brought a lot of um, I won't say acrimony, but a lot of a lot of people just think the rules outdated for these times. Um, it, it, maybe your thoughts on on the progress of that. I know you have a lot of people speaking on your behalf, uh, and of course Katie's behalf, uh, that this rule is an old rule and shouldn't be in effect. Yeah, I can agree with that. You know, it's an old rule. I think you know we just kind of need to get past that. There's a lot of people in the racing industry that are dating and. Um, whether they're dating or their brothers and sisters and uh, family members and, um, you know, cousins, I, I, you know. So to me, it's like, you know, what's the deal, big deal if it's, uh, you know, a married couple or brother and sister or brother and brother or, you know, father and son, you know. So, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things that just needs to kind of go away and, you know, it definitely has affected Katie big time this winter, um, which is not really fair to her. Um, so it's just something that we've been trying to overcome, and I think eventually we'll be able to um, to establish that we can get rid of that rule and move on from this and, um, you know, kind of better everybody's lives and everybody's opportunities. You mentioned the, the family atmosphere. Your father was a jockey up I won't make the same mistake as I made last year, but, uh, you know, talk about maybe just the family influence. I've, one of the things that I think is really a misnomer about the sport is, is a lot of people don't think it's, um, you know, that everybody's a, an orphan or something in the sport. And it's not the case at all. It's actually, as I've learned, one of the more family-oriented sports around. Uh, you know, just maybe the atmosphere and the job room and, and the influence of your father in racing yeah i mean you know i'm very lucky to have my dad you know he's taught me most of what i know and uh he's always pointed me in the right direction on what to do uh in my racing career and um you know without him i wouldn't be where i'm at and um you know i kind of wish he was riding with me um you know to really learn some more from him but um you know i have learned so much and from him and I have my father-in-law too, Robbie Davis, and he's kind of uh, been giving me some tips as well. And I've just, uh, like I said, uh, my dad's put me around some really good people that I've learned a lot from. So um, I owe it all to him. You know. Well, uh, congratulations on your win with uh, Wayburn that rewarded uh, your loyalist that just bet the jockey with a $95 winner. <laughs> on a $2 bet. So I'm, I'm sure they're thrilled and, and good luck today in riding in the correction stakes. Uh, Jump for joy will be uh, Trevor's Mount today in the, uh, in the correction stakes. That's the five horse five to one in the morning line. Trevor, we appreciate you spending some time with us on such a busy morning. Thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate uh, Trevor spending some time with us there and, um, Looking forward to him coming back this summer, and and obviously, uh, you know, a big supporter of Colonial Downs. So uh, good luck with um, the Gotham there uh, with his winner with Wayburn, and and we'll be tracking that throughout the spring and summer. 
a couple of other uh, notes, maybe some Virginia breads that uh, are Virginia certified horses that are running today. Uh, it, it has really kind of been, a, a, it, we're starting to see this pick up a little bit more with uh, Virginia certified horses, Virginia bred horses. There's a race out in Arkansas in the Hot Springs uh, stakes today where we'll see not only the winner of the Chesapeake stakes uh, at Colonial Downs, a horse by the name of Mr. Jägermeister. A lot of people remember that horse. I wonder why with a name like that. And a horse by the name of Boldor, who was uh, uh, bred in Virginia up in Berryville by uh, Carlos and Jillian Gordon Moore, uh, a horse that was uh, sold for $700,000 and has won two stakes, has uh, got two stakes wins going into today's race. Um, Kind of interesting because they come from Colonial Downs, which is predominantly racing on the turf, but yet they reunite in Arkansas where they don't even have a turf course. And uh, this $200,000 stakes race will be run just before the Rebel Stakes today. So uh, kind of an interesting take there. Also, a horse by the name of Perfect Munnings uh, will be running up at Aqueduct today. This is part of the Virginia Certified Program as well. A horse uh, that has also won a couple of stakes races, um, won the Rego Park and finished actually third in the Gardner Stakes, but as a, a maiden win as well, a nice three-year-old running in the three-year-old uh, New York sired and bred stakes in the Damon Runyon tomorrow four to one in the morning line so that's a horse that spent time at the Ingleside Training Center uh, there with Woodbury Payne uh, and has a promising start tomorrow want to bring in Daryl Wood who now joins us uh, not exactly sure where maybe giving up trying to locate him because he's he's such a man on wheels these days but he joins us now on off to the races and daryl did i see that right we have ticket sales that might be coming upon us here this week for colonial downs it's 49 days to the derby um a handful of days uh after that they'll be racing at colonial downs uh Looks, you know, looks like uh, spectators, and as we move through, you know, these hopefully final phases of the COVID pandemic, uh, the, an opportunity to to head back out to the racetrack. Daryl, thanks for joining us on Off to the Races this morning. Yeah, thanks, Nick. And uh, yeah, kind of a early season surprise here this week with the announcement that uh, tickets are going to go on sale, and uh, they're going to go on sale very quickly. And that's why I'm glad you were able to carve out a couple minutes in the show here, but. Uh, 12.01 a.m. this Monday, uh, just 48 hours from now, you'll be able to go on to the website colonialdance.com and purchase tickets for each of the 21 days uh, of racing this summer, uh, whether it be uh, a Sky Suite for 10 people, whether it be a, a two-top in the turf club overlooking the, the track from the fourth floor, uh, jockey club seats, reserve grandstand seats, reserve box seats, but uh, everything goes on sale Monday, including tickets for Derby Day and some of the, the stakes build days this summer. So a great opportunity if you want to get, you know, premier seating um, coming up really quickly. Nice surprise here. Yeah, one forty-five is the uh, post time as it's been set this year. An opportunity to to see, you know, a little bit more day racing and uh, an opportunity to to get out there and get back. Uh, it's not. It, I mean, it, it, it's it's a half hour from downtown Richmond. It's not that long of a drive. It takes you that long to get anywhere else around town. But uh, an opportunity, and of course, I, I know the folks at Colonial are eager. I mean, they're probably running to the track trying to to atone for just a number of set. Uh, last year that you know many of which were were beyond uh, their control with with the covid outbreak um also uh today starts kind of the unofficial well i guess it is the official uh point to point and hunt season uh steeplechase season it starts very kind of quietly up at Warrington today without fans, but uh, that may not be the course, especially as we move into the fall. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting on the grass here today. Yeah, no, it's exciting. The first uh, the first of uh, a number of uh, weekly point-to-point uh, -point steeplechase race meets uh, begins up at the uh, Early Resort in Warrington. And uh, there's not going to be fans today. There's seven races scheduled beginning at 12 noon. Uh, but you'd be able to watch a really nice streaming feed, very professionally done feed, 
at warrantsandhunt.com, warrantsandhunt.com. And you're going to find that all these weekly events are going to be streamed live. Uh, next week, they're going to be uh, in Upperville. Uh, the, the next weekend, back to Warrington and running all the way through April. So, uh, you know, it's, it's spring's here, and uh, the horses are getting tuned up for uh, more sanctioned events like the Middleburg Spring Races in May and the Virginia Gold Cup, and, of course, the, the steeplechase races, the Colonial Dance this summer as well. But, yeah, it all starts today at 12 noon at Warrington. Uh, and, again, warrantsandhunt.com is where you can see the action live. Yeah, Will O'Keefe will have the call of those races. I had a chance to talk to him during the week, and I he, I don't know if he's certainly anxious to to call the races with fans there uh, on the grounds. Uh, he's happy to call them without the fans too, but I think he just gets a little bit more juice when uh, when there's you know when he hears the roar of the crowd and and a, and a very um, working on a feature here for the racing biz uh, look for that next week as uh, as we get into the jump season uh daryl wanted to give you a moment here just to maybe add on any other virginia bred virginia certified of you know any other virginia racing news that uh surfaced this week is is there's so much happening as we as we move forward yeah, no, just the, just the details for the summer are really progressing quite nicely. And all the information is at ColonialDowns.com, the entire stake schedule. There's about $2.7 million in stakes over 24 different races this summer. Kickoff day in New Kent is July 19th this year. And, you know, I go back to the, the horse you just talked about, Mr. Jaggermeister, uh, back in 2019 winning the Chesapeake Stakes at Colonial. But I remember... It was a Minnesota bred, and uh, right. the three sisters that owned the horse were all in the winner's circle, and it was their first venture ever uh, to Colonial Downs, and they were just so overwhelmed with the, 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 the scenery and the track itself and the hospitality and just the great vibe there was. So hopefully this summer uh, we're going to be done with COVID, and that, that vibe is going to come back, and we can have people trackside enjoying the races. So just looking forward to that soon. Sure. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. Virginia Derby Day is August 31st. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday racing, 145 post time uh, starting July 19th and continuing, as Jill Byrne told us last week, through September 1st. So uh, it's 21 days in 2021 for uh, for racing at Colonial Downs. We're certainly looking forward to it. Daryl, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Thanks, and um, we'll see you next week uh, in your usual lead-off spot on Off to the Races. <laughs> you got to have a great show. <laughs> there you go. Daryl Wood getting on base today on Off to the Races with uh, with some of that Virginia racing news. We're going to head to our only break on Off to the Races today. When we return, we'll uh, catch up with our feature with Frank. Today, he'll be interviewing Larry Johnson, an owner we know well here in Virginia. You're listening to Off to the Races, sponsored by TheRacingBiz.com. People with disabilities can achieve a better life experience with Able Now, a tax-advantaged savings account specifically designed for people with disabilities. Able Now accounts help eligible individuals save and invest their own money without endangering certain disability benefits. Learn if you or someone you know is eligible for an Able Now account at able-now.com. This message is provided by Able Now, administered by Virginia 529. You know that feeling at the start of a trip? That stir of excitement as you pack your bags or that tiny thrill as you set your out of office? That feeling is what we call Wanderlove. It's that unbounded joy of embarking on a new adventure. And this year, that adventure is right here in Virginia. Whether you hop off the interstate and take the scenic route, stumble upon a new love, or simply escape to our wide open spaces, your Wanderlove is calling. Plan your next adventure at virginia.org. Did you know that men over 30 begin to lose 1% of their testosterone each year? ED is just one of the problems associated with low testosterone. There's also weight gain, decrease in muscle mass, lack of energy or passion about life, and a loss of mental sharpness. Testosterone isn't just about sex. It's also about your overall quality of life. So if you have any of these symptoms, you may be a candidate for testosterone replacement therapy. The Men's Wellness Centers specializes in the latest treatment options for low T 
a highly successful weight loss and energy boosting program and ED treatments with guaranteed results. We take every precaution to protect our patients against exposure to COVID-19 and we remain open to serve you with locations in Newport News, Virginia Beach, or Richmond. Go to menswellnesscenters.com or call them at 804-413-9013. 804-413-9013. That's 804-413-9013. Did you know that men over 30 begin to lose 1% of their testosterone each year? ED. Yeah, we'll never be confused uh, with saints, I don't think. Though many people have tried to make uh, a saint of me, as uh, as they say. But, uh, yeah, won't be confused with that. As uh, we come marching back in on Off to the Races and our feature with Frank, we'll speak. Um, we'll have Larry Johnson of uh, Legacy Farm in Bluemont, Virginia, of uh, the op- outfit that uh, Larry Johnson operates, and uh, we bring in Frank Vespi here on Off to the Races. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Nick. Good to be with you today. Yeah, we're here on here on a beautiful Saturday. We're going to have good racing uh, weather all across the country. There was a little bit of a word about rain in Oakland and Arkansas, uh, but it's going to hold off. It looks like in Laurel, where they're dealing with some. Uh, some virus issues uh going to have 50 degrees and clear weather for for the stakes card so hopefully uh, those stakes races hold together and and of course big fan of racing is is and a big backer support of virginia racing is larry johnson and looking forward to your discussion coming up here uh yes it should, it should be interesting uh, james do we have larry all right. Well, thank you, Nick. Let, let's dive in here. Larry Johnson going to join me here. As, as Nick said, Larry has a legacy farm in Northern Virginia, and he stands the stallion Street Magician. Street Magician is the sire of Street Loot. Street Loot has won five consecutive stakes. She's the even money favorite in the uh, uh, in the Beyond the Wire stakes today at Laurel Park. Uh, to make it six in a row. And Larry, let me uh, welcome to the program. Let's start with this. What's it been like for you watching Street Loot run off that kind of streak as a, as a daughter of your sire? Well, it's been a little bit bittersweet because I don't own her. Um, <laughs> I think it's been terrific for the stallion. But, uh, you know, I've been a frequent either breeder or buyer of the Street Magicians. And I continue to ask Becky Davis, how come I missed that one out of her sales? But uh, I, I think she's a terrific filly. Uh, she seems to, as they say, dance every dance. And, uh, you know, whether she gets the mile or not, who knows? But I sure wouldn't bet against her. She's a quality filly. No, it would be it'd be foolhardy to bet against her after this kind of streak. She, she actually might be the best Maryland-bred three-year-old of either gender at the moment, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I would like to see who else has uh, done five in a row in the stakes. I think she's seven for eight lifetime, including six stakes, and she was just barely beaten uh, in the uh, in the Maryland Million. I think Jerry Robb said she wouldn't have lost that day, but didn't see the horse pass her. So, uh, I you know, I think the uh, I, I think she's probably the best three year old filly, not only in Maryland but in the Mid Atlantic area. And you know, who knows what the future might hold? But it'd be interesting to see. At some point, whether she ventures out of town and, you know, takes on some of the, the better horses and, and gets into the Grady Company. But uh, she, she certainly, she shows up and, uh, you know, and, and whether she's on the lead or comes from off the lead, she seems to be, you know, very talented and multidimensional. Now, Street Magician, he's consistently been among the top Maryland sires, particularly in terms of things like percentage of black type horses, which which for our listening audience means horses that that uh, compete and finish one, two, three in stakes races. Um, he's had stakes winners like Street Loot, but also like a, a great time. So Street, as well as my magician who earned over $450,000. It, it always feels like he Street Magician's kind of flying under the radar a little bit. What, why do you think that is? And do you think Street Loot helps him kind of break through? 
Well, I think he has kind of, as you said, flown under the radar. Uh, you know, I think he has not had large numbers. Uh, it's a very tough market to have a stallion in the region that get a lot, a lot of mares. I think that uh, in addition, if you go back four or five years ago, there was a significant influx of new stallions. I think at one point there were maybe nine new stallions coming to Maryland. And the way the breeding business goes, people seem to flock to the new kid on the block. And, uh, you know, most unproven stallions, when they're proven, turn out to be not very good. And I think <laughs> as time goes by, that's going to be the case. And, you know, I think Street Magician's numbers this year in terms of mayor's bread will pick up, both because of Street Loot, which is, you know, every three or four weeks, it's another good ad for him. But as well as I think people starting to look and say, you know, some of these newer horses have not panned out. Um, and here you've got a proven horse who gets a consistently good horse, whether it's dirt or turf, whether it's boys or girls. Uh, he's had two Maryland bred champions. Um, and I don't think there's many Maryland stallions can say that because most of the, you know, the state championships inevitably go to stars by, from Kentucky. So I, I think, you know, it's, it, it, in the one hand, it's very tough in the regional market to get large numbers. Um, I've supported him both by breeding and buying, but it is a tough market. And I, I think his numbers this year will be better in terms of Mary's spread, but it's still, it's still a struggle. I mean, one of the things I did this year uh, was to basically say, if you breed to him and the horse and the offspring is a registered Maryland bred, there's no stud fee. I think the breeders have really suffered because of the COVID hardships. And uh, so hope, hopefully that will also help people who are you know, trying to be economic and efficient and yet breed to a horse that gets you a good horse. I mean, he's had, I think, about a third of his offspring have made over $100,000. So he gets consistently good, sound horses that make money. And hopefully at some point the market starts to see that. Talking with Larry Johnson of Legacy Farm, owner of Street Magician. And Larry, you, you referenced this a minute ago. You you raced Street Magician, you stand him at stud, and you've supported him with a bunch of your own mares. What is it that you saw in him that, you know, I mean, he was a grade three winner, which is nothing to sneeze at, but it's not a super resume for a stallion. What did you see that made you think this guy could make it? Well, first of all, he's, I think, third generation of breeding that started when I bred a mare that wasn't worth five cents who never raced, and I've become, I got very lucky with that. So there was a part of it that was probably a bit emotional. I think if you go back and look at his actual race record, and you throw out his first start where I think he ran, ran third at Gulfstream, was probably needed to race. So after that, he had nine starts. He won five of them. The four losses he had, he was all, in all four of those races, he was beaten by grade one winners. I mean, we took him around the country. Uh, he ran against the best of his generation. Uh, at the time he broke his maiden at Gulfstream, he, he ran the highest buyer of any three-year-old in the country. Uh, and so I think he's, there was a quality there that the numbers perhaps don't demonstrate uh, like they should. Uh, we never even got to try him on the turf and based on the way his offspring have run. I think he perhaps would have been even a better horse on the turf. He broke a track record on the synthetic. Uh, and so I think that's usually transferable. So I think that there's kind of a, a almost a hidden quality to his race record that's not apparent if you just look at the statistics. Now, uh, you and you mentioned, so Street Magician, sire of Street Loot, Street Loot, even money favorite today at Laurel Park and the Beyond the Wire Stakes and Street Loot. If you want to breed yourself Maryland bread, you can go to him and it's free for the year. I want to touch on another horse of yours. You recently picked up a horse named True Valor, multiple uh, graded stakes winner who ran second in a grade two at Santa Anita after you bought him. What's the plan with this guy? Well, when I when I purchased him, uh, I bought him out of the uh, Horses of Racing Aid sale last summer uh, at, in the midst of the pandemic. And, you know, my thought process, he was already a grade two and grade three winner going along in this country. He'd won a grade three in Europe. Uh, he's by a horse named Kodiak, who is uh, really among the leading sires in the U.K. He's a very precocious, fast horse. But he had shipped me, you know, True Valor had been uh, a stakes, a multiple great stakes winner going long. I, Graham Motion has him for me, and we tried it a few times long, and he, it was okay. 
Um, but he was training better than that. And based on the pedigree, there was some thoughts of trying to sprint him, uh, which he really had not done previously. And we sent him to Woodbine uh, and sprinted him, and, uh, and, he, and he won a wide-open allowance in very good time against good company. And then we sprinted him in New York in the uh, Aqueduct Ball Sprint Championship, and he was a very good third. And then we took him to Santa Anita in a grade two, and he had a really tough trip, ran probably five lengths farther than the winner and was only beaten a neck in that race. And so um, that was the early January, so we thought we'd give him a little break because he traveled around. And um, right now, on Tuesday, he gets on a plane to go to Dubai. Uh, we're running him in the million-dollar uh, three-quarter turf sprint on World Cup Day uh, on March the 27th. Uh, he breathed yesterday at Palm Meadows uh, in 59. He's trained super. Um, and so I'm really quite excited that uh, we're, we're going to be, you know, looking at him two weeks, actually two weeks from today in a grade one in Dubai, something that I never really expected. Uh, but he's training terrific. Uh, we've gotten Joel Rosario who has agreed to ride him, who I think right now is, is the best turf rider in our country. And so I'm really quite, quite, it's unexpected, certainly not what I was thinking last summer, but it's uh, really exciting. And then the, the longer-term plan is that I would, uh, you know, retire him as a stallion as well, probably in Maryland. Uh, that's what I would expect to do, and it would be interesting. But in the meantime, uh, two, weeks from, two weeks from today will be an exciting day uh, as I watch him, although I'm not traveling to Dubai because of the COVID pandemic, uh, it will be a terrific day. That's pretty exciting stuff. And you got Rosario now. Uh, if I'm not, if I recall correctly, Rosario is the jockey who beat you in the stake at Santa Anita. <laughs> yes, he is. He, uh, the horse that won the race that day, passed the entire field, never leaving the rail. And my horse was five wide the entire time. Uh, I think if we'd res- reverse, been able to reverse positions, or maybe even reverse riders, there might have been a different outcome. The race in Dubai is three quarters straight away, so you don't have to worry about getting jammed up on the rail. Uh, but I have no idea what the hell that means in terms of how a race develops. But I, you know, Rosario is as good as you get in terms of, you know, pace and timing and whatever. I, I think that uh, my horse wants to sit a bit off the pace uh, and then make a run. And, you know, I, I couldn't have a better rider for that. I, you know, it's. It, it was it was annoying the day he beat us, and now I'm looking for him to uh, win for us. It's a it's a, uh, a if you can't beat him, join him kind of situation. Uh, um, absolutely. Uh, one other thing, a, a quick question for you is uh, a horse named Odds On is in the Not for Love Stakes today. A uh, uh, who is by. Uh, another stallion of yours who's, uh, if Street Magician is under the radar, this guy is below under the radar, and that's Despite the Odds. Um, what's happening with Despite the Odds? Well, he's a horse that I actually purchased. I don't I do not do a lot of buying, particularly of Colts. Uh, he was from the first crop of Spite Town, who I'd already bred to and really had a great deal of interest in. And uh, we did really quite well with him. Um, and I, I actually think, had he not been injured, he'd have been on, able to go on further. He was a great stakes winner in New York. Um, broke his maiden by 12 and was a TDN rising star. So when, when, when his racing career abruptly ended because he got cast in his stall and uh, the injury was something that we really couldn't return to racing, I, I, you know, if you looked, I looked at his pedigree. He was exceptionally well-bred on the bottom side. He was five spikes down, who was an emerging Sire size, and so you know, he went. He went to the same farm with with, with Tom Bowman's family, um, and I think there was some initial interest. But quite frankly, you know, he's one of those unproven stallions that you know has not really worked out. He he, he gets some decent runners. Um, you know, they are dirt. They are sprinters. Um, his pedigree suggests that he should have been able to do turf, but I don't. I don't. His offspring certainly haven't. Um, and I think is with all the new horses and him not really catching fire, interest in him completely fell off the chart. I mean, you're right. He, he's, he's not even on the radar. Um, and so he moved to West Virginia last year where I think he will be a standout because I do believe that, you know, he's, he gets fast dirt horses and that's what West Virginia is all about. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, 
So I wish he turned out better, but um, I, with a new home, I think maybe he's got a new opportunity. And it would be interesting to see how that offspring of his today does today. It's pretty deep water in that race, but um, as I said, he gets a decent horse that sprints on the dirt, and I, you know, I'm hoping two or three years there's a bunch of them winning races at Charleston. Although that's not a destination that I initially set my sights on. Understood. All right, Larry Johnson, we're going to leave it right there. Street magician. Larry's sire, you can get to him for free for 2021 if you want to breed a Maryland bred 2000 bucks full, uh, live full stands and nurses. Otherwise, sire of street loot and numerous other uh, stakes winners. Larry, good luck with uh, rooting on street loot today and, and with true value in a couple weeks. True valor thank, in a couple weeks. Thank, thank, thank you so much. Always good to be with you. Same here. All right, Nick, that was Larry Johnson of Legacy Farm in Bluemont, Virginia. How about that? You got Larry Johnson uh, going to Dubai with True Valor. You have uh, David Ross also going there with Extravagant Kid here in a couple of weeks. And uh, Larry Johnson, he's just all over that card at Maryland today. It looks like it held together pretty well. Uh, he's got, actually owns Looking Dynamic, who is the two horse uh, trained by Michael Trembetta that'll be running in the Cabineer. Hope I'm saying that right. Of uh, stakes, uh, seventh race on the card. So a big day ahead for Larry Johnson. Uh, maybe just a comment about this EPH virus. Uh, if, if COVID wasn't enough, uh, now dealing with this uh, among the horse population uh, kind of began, at, at, or at least was first found at Laurel. But um, you know, maybe a thought about that and how it could impact Maryland and, and Mid Atlantic racing. Well, it's it's actually EHV. It's equine okay. herpes virus, and uh, it was uh, found in one horse at Laurel uh, last um, uh, last Saturday. A horse started to show uh, symptoms. They were confirmed uh, Sunday into Monday, um, and it caused them to put four barns at Laurel under quarantine. Those horse horses in those barns can't. They are allowed to train, but they cannot race. Um, it also means that horses on the grounds at Laurel and Pimlico can't leave, except that Pimlico horses can race at Laurel, but they can't go anywhere else. And if horses ship into Laurel, they um, they can't leave. So it's basically meaning that for the next this week and uh, next week, if no other horses show uh, symptoms or test positive for for EHV, uh, you're going to have a very kind of local racing card. It's going to be all the local horses. Um, but if, if everything goes to plan, uh, a week from this coming Monday, the quarantine will be lifted. So it, it appears they they got on top of things when Good. the horse really hadn't hadn't uh, infected or affected any other horses. So it appears they're ahead of things so far, and you keep your fingers crossed that that remains the case. That's good to hear. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a uh, over and done story. So, uh, all right, great interview there with Larry Frank. We appreciate it. You know who's up next, and uh, want to leave some room for Derby Bill. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you next Saturday. Sounds great. Thanks, Nick, and have a great day today. Frank Vespi of the RacingBiz.com on off to the races this morning. Uh, we mentioned that on at the very beginning of the show, Bob Baffert. Uh, likes to win this Rebel Stakes at Oaklawn Park. He likes to use this as a springboard uh, toward the Triple Crown. He's got two horses entered in the race today. A horse by the name of Hozier, who is sired by Pioneer of of the Nile, uh, same sire as American Pharaoh. And he also has Concert Tour, sired by Street Sense, who Derby Bill correctively selected in the um, 2007 Kentucky Derby as the winner. So Baffert loaded again for the Rebel Stakes and Derby Bill now joins us on Off to the Races. Uh, the only Kentucky Derby prep race this weekend is the one million. I'm one million dollar Rebel Stakes and it's a grade two. How about that? Uh, a mile and a 16th uh, on the dirt there at Oaklawn Park and Derby Bill um a lot of choices here with Caddo River, with uh, Concert Tour, with Baffert, uh, Twilight Blue as trained by Joe Sharp. Uh, 
we're getting we're 49 days away from the uh, Kentucky Derby and uh, I know you've took a very close look at this one and even up to the to the weather keeping an eye on the skies I know you've been watching that all week as well uh, thanks for joining us again on off to the races and and how about the, your thoughts on the rebel stakes yeah first off uh corned beef is the priority in arkansas at the uh, rebel stakes so that that is may twist my arm in fondness for the oakland uh corned beef at 50 cent is always a specialty and six of eight in this race nick the key is six of eight in this race are kentucky down kentucky derby future odds on six out of the eight so that tells you the stellar field that we've seen in the past when this race was won by you know curlin american pharaoh the history is just phenomenal of this race victory gallop won this race that'll make you happy victory gallop won this race back in the 90s so this is a stellar race moving to the arkansas derby and into the kentucky derby as you said concert tour uh, Bob Baffert owns this race. I mean, when he ships one in here and he ships one into Saratoga or something, he means it. Concert tour I'm going to dedicate to Black Oak, Arkansas. A concert tour I saw many moons ago when I was a lot thinner and younger. Black Oak, Arkansas. Jim Dandy to the rescue is the song, Nick. You needed to look that one up if you uh, uh, want to hear some uh, Arkansas music. And now, I know the song. <laughs> Jim Dandy to the rescue. Jim yeah. Dandy to the rescue. <laughs> yeah, I know the, I know the song, but I didn't I couldn't I wouldn't be able to bring up the artist. So who is the artist? Black Oak, Arkansas. Okay. All right. It, it was a little yeah, bit before old, my time, but I like going back and listening to that. I, I wish I had that ready oldie, for you today. Oldie but goodie, just like Bob Baffert, the Prince of American Racing, and uh D B picking Bob Baffert. Uh the Street Sense connection, as you mentioned, is stellar. The breeding in all of these horses. Uh, like I said, Cando River is the favorite. 15 to 1 in the Kentucky Derby odds. Now the updated Kentucky Derby odds. And Consort Tour is 17 to 1. So you can see two of the top 10 horses in the Kentucky Derby are running today. So uh, this one's uh, a pretty stellar field. You got a 100 to 1 horse uh, uh, get the number. Twilight Blue, 150 to 1. Keep Me in Mind is 30 to 1. Maybe a long shot you might want to look at uh, off a long layoff. Keep Me in Mind. Uh, but I'm going with Concert Tour here and just using them in a pick three or pick four with the uh, you know the other two stakes races at Arkansas today on a nice nice uh, prep race, prep trail for the Arkansas Derby. We saw a big upset uh, last week, of course, in the Gotham Stakes, having Trevor, Mc Trevor McCarthy on earlier. So hopefully, um, you know, maybe an opportunity to to find a long shot here. I'll, I'll see if I can dig up that song, maybe for the Arkansas Derby. I won't be able to get it on uh, for today. Wanted to also maybe get your thoughts on the race run just before that, the Hot Springs, which has Whitmore as an eight-year-old uh, just a, a horse that, jeez, uh, I mean, th this horse just keeps going and going and going. We mentioned earlier when we talked to Daryl Wood about Boulder and and Mr. Jaegermeister uh, being in this field as well. CZ Rocket is is in this field as well. Uh, just a field of seven. Uh, without the corned beef, uh, what do you think uh, this race finishes up as? Well, for you fellows down there in. Uh Arkansas today. This is a nice daily double that leads into the uh, into the uh, Rebel. So you can play the daily double to add some value if you're using one of the two concert tour and uh, Caddy River in the Rebel. You can go a little deeper here, and uh, I don't know if you can go as deep as uh, the Virginia horses here. Yiggy Meister, uh, Yiggy Meister is good in the glass, but I don't know about in this race. Uh, they run back in the King Cotton. He finished third to uh, Boulder, as you mentioned earlier with. Uh, the Virginia bred, um, just a little bit outclassed by Whitmore here, but I am using. I'll probably use them. Uh, I might use a Boulder Whitmore and one more. What was the one? CZ Rocket is the one out of Keeneland that ran in the Breeders' Cup Sprint and a long layoff there too. So, you know, the, there's hope for the Colonial Downs 
stakes champions in this race if some of these horses aren't up to par and they're just using them as you know to get back in the game because uh, some of them have been off a long time so choosing three in that one in the daily double with the rebel nick trying to get some value out of the uh corned beef capital of the world yeah, Jägermeister and corned beef sandwiches may not go together <laughs> too well, but if they hey, do, uh, uh, John, Johnny Cash comes from Arkansas, and uh, what Al Green, the great legendary soul singer. Oh, wow, I mean, there's some good things that came out of Arkansas. Yeah, no, that's 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 good music knowledge right there. How about that? Um, the race just before that has is the Temperance Hill. That's a mile. Uh, and a half. Yeah, that's kind of like my kind of race. We'd like to see Victory Gallop running this thing. Um, but this has tenfold, uh, which is, you know, a horse that comes off the Kentucky Derby Trail. The favorite in the race is Campaign. This is going to be a really good race. Looks like it's going to hold together with all ten horses in it. Plainsman is uh, looking for a stakes win, a little bit hungry for, for that, it looks like. Uh, the horse trained by Brad Cox. Uh, Steve Asmussen, of course, with tenfold, though, uh, you know, trying to find his winning ways again. Uh, kind of a unique race for these older horses going a mile and a half. You don't see too much of that at Oakland. Uh, you, what are your thoughts on, on, the, uh, on the Temperance Hill? Yeah, you're stretching me out a bit. I'm trying to bet Laurel today with five stakes races at Laurel, but uh, this okay. is going to pick three with race nine, ten, and eleven into the Rebel. So I'm going I'm to I'm I'm blame you on this one. This is your horse. You're to blame. Okay. Um, three to one. Uh, three. Single, you're to blame in this race, just in your honor. Okay. May want to go a little wide here in the in the pick three if you're going to get maybe get the one tenfold, two, you're the blame. Uh, number 10 campaign, uh, a couple of plainsmen, as I mentioned. Uh, you mentioned Laurel, so let's go to Laurel where um, all these stakes races do seem to be holding together well. We'll start with the private terms. Hadn't really talked too much. I'm glad you brought that up there, Derby Bill, with uh, seven horses uh, going to the gate here. This is a little bit of a, a prelude. For, it's as a three-year-old race towards the Preakness. May the horse be with you. We had uh, Brittany Russell on the show not too long ago, uh, the trainer of May the horse be with you. She got a win in the uh, in the Miraclewood and um, comes back to, to race here in the, in the private terms, uh, this time going about a mile and a sixteenth. Thoughts on the private terms in, in your backyard? Yeah, the private terms is a prep race for the Tessio or the Wood. If you get a go, get the winner, might consider going up to the Wood on the Kentucky Derby Trail if he's a phenomenal winner. And then the Tessio gets you a free entrance into the Preakness. So that might be a better angle for these horses. I don't see any of these horses making the Kentucky Derby. May the horse be with you is uh, uh, dedicated to you for saying it 7,000 times in the past. <laughs> Used to yep. be your slogan, may the horse be with you, I think, on this station. Um, That's right. Number two, Zertz, Zertz has a chance, Excalibur, Shackled Home. Very good betting race. It's evenly matched. I said there's nobody stellar standing out here, and that means to the degenerates this is a nice race to bet. So, so I'm going to bet like um, trifecta. Try to hit the trifecta or superfecta, the 10-cent superfecta box with may, may the horse be with you, Zertz. And Excalibur will make it easy. Two four six in the private terms. Two four six trifecta. You know who won this race? Here is always mining Preakness starter Magic, Magic Wiesner. Won Please. this race. Yep, second in the Preakness. Uh, Bay Eagle, second in the Virginia, Virginia Derby Brad. back in the day. Yeah. How about the Kid Cruz? Twisted Tom, not a lot, a lot of nice horses. We're just about uh, in the final throws of off to the races. Uh, maybe just give a quick, quick two cents on the way the Derby is shaping out for you. A lot of natty bows in them uh, recollections from uh, Maryland Racing. There, Nick. A lot of natty bows. Uh, Life is good. Obviously, separated himself with Bafford at the top of the list. Essential quality is my top horse so far. Just uh, absolute monster horse there a central quality ran in the uh, mud and ran like a champion in the mud uh, greatest honor uh, Caddo River and Concert Tour are the key today so watch the Rebel Stakes today you have keeping in mind in that race so three of the top ten 
are running in the Rebel. All right. We'll be watching that. We'll recap the Rebel next week on Off to the Races. Want to thank, of course, Derby Bill for his insight. Larry Johnson was on our feature with Frank Vespi, Daryl Wood, Trevor McCarthy. Came to us a little bit earlier, but we're glad that we got him on on his big day up at Aqueduct today. Uh, and, of course, um, want to thank everybody for tuning in on Off to the Races. We'll see you next week at 